welcome one and all to another fantastic episode of Captain Mediocre's Haunted Tiki Bar. We are your hosts, Drew and Orlando. Pleasure to meet you all. Welcome one and all. Don't really have much of an intro, so we're just going to go ahead and start off with this. Um, For whatever reason, we are going to be discussing conspiracy theories because why the heck not? It's a part of... It's a part of who we all are. We all enjoy a good conspiracy theory every now and then. It's certainly something that has become essentially a cult activity over the past few decades. I do have one general question. Do conspiracy theories make any contributions at all? Do... Do conspiracy theories actually are they are they healthy for uh, expanded thought, or is it more, or is it merely clutter that we can you know safely be rid of? Because let's get this straight: we are starting to find out that not every conspiracy theory comes completely baseless if i want to go with the example a couple years ago the fbi just randomly drops out of nowhere says aliens are real not even a fanfare or anything just hey aliens are real great wonderful do what what you will with that information like you mean all those people who were getting who were who swore up and down throughout their lives that aliens were a thing, the the ones that got sent to like mental asylums and were forced on medication, or those who had their reputations completely destroyed by both the media and the government forever playing with that idea were were right? Like just like that? Yeah, we just spent decades covering up everything to make sure that they can never know. But now you can know. Is there more to this? Like, well, you know, I have so many questions about this because you you can't just leave it at yeah, aliens are a thing. Well, tell us more about it. Why are we why are we even wasting time with this? But, you know, that's just one conspiracy theory that ended up being the actual case. But then you have the ones that go with, like, you know, a specific celebrity that has died and somehow has been seen alive even decades after their passing. Looking at you, King of Rock. Wait, now that I think about it, technically he's the King of Rock and Roll, right? Which is just essentially an alternate way of saying pop, right? So there are two King of Pops. Okay, maybe I'm going on a tangent on this, but <laughs> you're definitely—I don't know—you're definitely sticking to the spirit of conspiracy theories. You've kind of rabbit holed yourself there, so it's kind of funny. I mean, that's kind of the point of conspiracy theories. It's, it's all about being putting on. You don't even know half the time that you're putting on the uh, the 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 tinfoil hat because as you're digging through the information and you're just 
sucking yourself more and more into it. Before you know it, you end up crazier than Dale Gribble after a drink of Mountain Dew and smoking cigars. Yep, yep. I don't know. I think I think going to your uh, your, your previous example about the, the government finally saying aliens exist, et cetera, et cetera. The, you, the way you release that kind of information that you, especially as a government body, you can't really do fanfare with regards to that because the, oper- the, 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 the situation can spiral out of control, especially with how many people are on the, uh, you know, the tinfoil hat conspiracy side of things. You can't really feed them any more than, than they already have been. Especially because in a lot of cases, there's there's a lot of mental gymnastics with conspiracy theories that take away from their from the veracity of them, and much to, and it's a, to the detriment of the of the conspiracy you know community as it is, because a lot of the things that you would that you would have that would be you know educated information on something can easily be you know dispelled with by just attacking your character in most cases and that's why it that i think a lot of in a, with that particular scenario the government really couldn't keep ignoring things in the face of legitimate information from legitimate sources what you can't you can only discredit people for so long before enough people who aren't who who are untouchable or or, or uh, indefeatable as it were, would come up and say, no, this is actually happening. These are things that I have proof of, either recorded or otherwise. And you can run it through however many you know filters you want to ensure that it, it's authenticity. Okay. How would you say conspiracy theories are formed anyway? What starts them in the, in the first place? Speculation. I think in, the, in, in, a, lot of th- in a lot of cases with conspiracy – it's usually the base questions, the who, what, where, when, why, and how that get asked. It's a byproduct of that usual, you know, uh, trail that most people would be taking. And it be it be it's official investigators of a situation or, you know, bystanders who are just kind of delving into it just for, for amusement purposes. There tends to be it's the rabbit hole effect that most people have when they want, you know, when you go down Wikipedia or when you, you know, wander the Internet for too long. These are things that just happen. It's the, the, the nobody goes into looking into something and assuming they're going to end up in a conspiracy theory, you know, uh, black hole. They're trying to basically understand. It's just general cu- human curiosity that people go and delve into this kind of stuff. But for them, in most cases, unless they're already have a proclivity for that kind of uh, wild speculation, they're just trying to find out basic information about something and it just kind of gets out of their hands. I mean, be it the JFK scenario or, um, you know, even, even something as mundane as the sinking of the Titanic, whether Shakespeare was a person or an alien, these are the kind of weird shit that people will you know, run off into the into the fields about. Wait, 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 hold on. There's a conspiracy theory about William Shakespeare being an alien? Being an alien, being a pen name for a famous lord who just didn't want to have any spotlight on him for his writings. 
uh, a peasant who just who who somebody ended up you know stealing his information. There are so many different speculated speculative things about William Shakespeare not being a real person or being an extraterrestrial. It's mildly entertaining and bordering on slightly un, slightly unnerving. Jesus Christ! And I thought the one about Kenshin Uesugi was was weird. They thought that he was a warlord that actually was a woman in disguise, since he never really had an heir. Weird. Well, I mean, if you want to go to something a little bit more pop culturey, what I mean, Lady Gaga was one of them. What in the early two thousand in the middle two thousands, right? So people thought that that she wasn't even a girl; she was a a male who transitioned. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Let look. All I'm going to say is that Lady Gaga is very handsome. <laughs> I mean, your speculation aside, she ended up dispelling that myth herself because she ended up doing a, a, a music video where, at the end of it, she uh, didn't have a, her bottom on. I'm assuming that was censored. It was. But I'm not saying that there probably isn't an uncensored version out there. That is probably true. In fact, even there's even commentary in the music video after she jumps out because she she ends up getting dragged away by the police and thrown into a cell, and she ends up waking up, freaking out, and jumping onto the bars with her with 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 both her legs and her arms, and the cops who uh, who arrested her look and go. Wait, didn't I thought she was supposed to be? No, nah, no, nah, that was just the tabloids. So clearly, she's very self-aware of this and wanted to dispel that myth. So she clearly did it. But yeah, that was that was a conspiracy theory for a bit that she wasn't even a girl. So there's a lot of random random stuff that people just end up going down 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 the spiral over. And well, I'm going to assume the conspiracy theory in terms of cop culture isn't necessarily very stimulating or makes any sort of contribution to intelligent thought. At least that's how I'm saying it. Well, one of the major headaches for conspiracy theories in general is the ones that are legitimate. Like there were conspiracy theories about a lot of the CIA nonsense that was going on that was discredited over and over again and ended up being declassified later as being true long after the people who had already been affected by it, either as, either as conspiracy, conspiratorial individuals or people who were affected directly by them, like the MK Ultra experiments or the nonsense with, uh, what was it, syphilis, those people who were in, uh, intentionally injected with syphilis. Oh, you mean the, the, the Tuskegee movement? Yeah. Yep. Those were those were people who have been discredited for years. It wasn't until uh, for the Tuskegee thing that wasn't until Bill Clinton actively apologized to the survivors. They the, the, and that's the survivors, the people who were left alive afterwards, because those people were infected and never treated, so that they could see what would happen to a human mind as it was being eaten alive by syphilis. Yeah, imagine that. We had back in the third, back in the thirties into the mid forties, we had Nazis who were experimenting on Jewish folk and with all sorts of diseases, and yet we were doing the same freaking thing back here in the U.S. That's that's frightening. It's frightening, yes, but to believe that that kind of stuff doesn't occur is is downright gullible. I think I think people tend to have this. 
especially people who are a lot more pure, who are a lot more patriotic tend to view a lot of what a lot of the dark and gray the gray area things that that uh, their country does as either never happened or part you know greater good scenarios and i think that i think that's more on the nationalist side rather than patriotic because if i i would tend to believe that a patriot would at least be wise enough to see the faults of their uh, of their nation and still love it for the good that it has uh, uh, contributed. But a nationalist will generally ignore or even suppress negative feedback and the evils of their beloved nation just so that they can push forward the uh, the greatness of of the nation they love. I could see that. Definitely. I could agree with that distinguish th- that distinction. I'll go with it. But with regards to, you know, those particular situations, like those were the conspiracy theories of old that ended up becoming truth when the information was finally revealed. And it's one of the major headaches for a lot of people who are in the, the low, those levels of conspiracy. When it comes to your run-of-the-mill person who just kind of rabbit holes himself, it's completely different from someone who might be an independent contractor who had parallel influence on the situations that they themselves have information on. Because those people, if they're not if they're not already sworn to secrecy by whatever governmental body or corporation that uh, has performed the deed, as it were, they tend to be discredited individually because it's so much easier to discredit a person than it is to discredit a body of people because those people tend to have other people who can verify their the veracity of their statements or verify their characters so that they cannot be discredited but for mental health reasons or uh you know criminal reasons and that's one of the major major problems with conspiracies as it is is even if there's a hint of truth to it if there's not enough people who can verify the pieces of information who have credibility on the front side, it makes the whole thing unravel relatively quick. It's kind of a devious thing about it for people who are trying to, you know, suppress that information as they can just say, well, he's here, here's a, you know, here's a medical document stating that he's a lunatic. Don't believe what he has to say. Okay, at least we know from at least when it comes to the realm of government and politics that at least conspiracy theories from that perspective are almost never any good. They're always leading to uh, hidden evils and atrocities that have been occurred that 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 been incurred by that said government. But is there such a thing as a positive conspiracy theory or is that just something that is just generally put into light as, you know, a general, no, a, a general act or, or event? I don't think it's in general. If you look at the way a conspiracy theory is, it's neither, at least the event specifically, it's neither good nor bad. It's it's usually something that's would be in you know societally considered gray, unless it involves a lot of a loss of life on any metric, 
or some particular corruption of the environment or a business or the market or something, a societal structure in place. If something's just happening where people are moving somewhere or building something and they just don't want people to know about it, and so maybe one of the independent contractors who was working with the company might have gotten fired and had still had access to some of the you know confidential information and leaked it. That's a separate scenario from you know people being get people being given what was it what was it? the MK Ultra was LSD wasn't it? Oh, you're talking no that's uh that's Polybius. No, 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 no. MK Polybius is a completely different scenario, but there was also a a CIA thing where they were intentionally they were using a, they, they were using magician tricks to uh in to give people uh uh hallucinogens. Oh, right, right. Yes, yes. It, uh LSD, you're correct. Yeah. Uh the first of all, the people who were affected by this we're not informed beforehand that they were infected by, affected by LSD. So when they went completely out of their minds because they were on LSD and lost businesses or their jobs or anything else, the government never, you know, compensated them for that. And in a lot of cases, even after MK Ultra was uh, declassified, uh, those people didn't get compensation in most cases for what had happened to them, which I, I think is probably the more atrocious thing. Is I mean, with, especially with the Tuskegee experiments, those people actually were compensated eventually for the for what happened to them. I mean, I mean, it's nice, I guess. I mean, it's something better than nothing. But can they? Is that something that the government could really actually fathomably do, other than just admit that you know? They wronged those people because <laughs> it's. I mean, unfortunately, we do live in a uh, we do live in a nation. We do live in a nation where you know we can't necessarily sue the government unless it's a a a, a really big un a, a horrible atrocity, which I think this one accounted for. But no. Unless they decided not to, and that that would have me even more baffled and puzzled as to why wouldn't you? Well, I mean, when you look at the, the a lot of a lot of the things that end up getting declassified, when they're declassified, they do so in a way that is um, informative but diffusing. And in the ways that that happens is, is they usually declassify. Uh, I believe they, at the minimum, they wait a decade before they declassify anything, because even I, I think I think there was even uh, some documents that were declassified during Richard Nixon's time, where uh, I believe he was actually doing wiretapping and such to one of the Kennedys who was in office at that point. That was at, that ended up being uh, I think it was Ted Kennedy. I think that's more on the grounds of that the statute of limitations expired and therefore there's no there's no fear of repercussions anymore. Well, that's one of the reasons. The one of the major headaches is, is that uh, as far as the government's concerned, the, the one thing that can never be unless unless it's in a state where there actually is a statute, um, uh, murder ne- murder has no statute statute of limitations. So if someone is killed in part or due to something that is done by the government, 
there still needs to be reparations paid to those to the, the family of those individuals, depending on what had occurred and depending on the, the person in it who had actually been slain. So that's one of the things that they can't get around. If it's something where, you know, someone suffered a ill side effect because they were putting a, a, a dye in, in a Gatorade, that's a completely different scenario than this person was neutralized because of the information that they had about something that they didn't want the lid blown off of just yet. So it's, it's, it's part of the diffusion process. Then what do you say for the Tuskegee experiments? I mean, you would think that you, you think that being infected with a, with a, with a terrible disease that would absolutely kill you. And many of them were, you would think that that would be considered murder, especially during the Nuremberg trials that, they judged many of these people for doing that exact same thing and saw it as murder. Well, I mean, when you look at everything that's occurred recently, th- th- did anybody really stand trial for the, the, the torture and, and possible deaths of any of the inmates over at uh, Guantanamo Bay? The waterboarding that occurred during the, it, 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 at there and the torture that was occurring during the George W. Bush years? No, no, they haven't, unfortunately. And that one isn't even a conspiracy. They outright said they were going to be torturing people for information. So that's they weren't even talking about something like that. And sometimes conspiracies just kind of sprout off of stuff that has already occurred. Like going back to what you were talking about with the, 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 the Germans experimenting on Jewish people. Some of those people ended up working for the United States later via Project Paperclip. And that wasn't even a conspiracy. That was actually occurring and was confirmed to have happened. Son of a bitch. Well, how do you think we formed NASA? That wasn't something that just happened out of nowhere. There was technological people. There were individuals in, in the Nazi regime who had scientific information that, that, that the United States wanted. Again. Wait, wait. Are you telling me that remnants of the Nazi party helped essentially create NASA? In part, I would imagine, yes. Holy crap! No. We were just talking about conspiracy theories, and we we probably just started one. It wasn't a, it's not really a conspiracy theory. This is actually shit that happened. Documented. I mean, proof. I mean, Dude, they even talked about it in the Avengers movie. Uh, they talked about it in Civil War. Actually, that's a Captain America movie, but you know what I mean. Fair. Also fair that I didn't watch any of the MCU movies except Endgame. Wow, fair enough. But yeah, they even talked, they, they, they even talked about <laughs> it during Captain America Civil War. Project Paperclip was a real thing. Uh, the United States courted courted a lot oh, of scientists who were working for the Nazi regime, who had worked previously worked for the Nazi regime. They worked they they were in they were uh, assimilated into the government groups and were given pardons or some kind of political protection or uh, yeah political protection against uh, prosecution from the uh, uh, the international courts who were going after the Nazi Party at that point. Holy crap. How did I miss that? That's insane. It's not really insane. That that kind of stuff would, would occur. If somebody has information that a government would want for their own purposes, 
well, think about it. All, all the things that they had done, all the horrific experimentation that they did, guess what? America doesn't have to do it, and they get to reap the rewards from people who had already done monstrous things to other people, and they get to do it with clean hands. You 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 say that's like perfect that's perfectly sound logical reasoning and that's perfectly fine i think it's shocking due to the sheer audacity of oh i didn't say it wasn't (laughs) audacious as hell pardon my french but that's the best way to look at it it's absolutely brazen to do that kind of stuff but you can't again Greater good, if you look at the way governments function, greater good is one of their one of the mottos that a lot of first and second world nations use as their way of, you know, curtailing a lot of the moral gray that they go through to do a lot of the things to advance technology, uh, war secrets, so- societal uh, conveniences. All of these things happen with a greater good mindset in most cases. And damn the consequences in most times. Or if you can't damn them, just keep delaying people finding out about it until it doesn't have any more meaning to anybody anymore. That's why when you uh, uh, we have provisions in place in the Constitution that allow for uh, people to uh, go and acquire uh, inquire and information about things like the Freedom of Information Act. You can go any person can petition the government for information. But the government also has a way of going around that as well, and it's called the Glomar defense, which is uh, which is a statement that many people have heard in their lives in popular culture, and that is the I can neither confirm nor deny, and even if I could, that information is classified and therefore cannot be transmitted. That is considered the Glomar defense, and that is short for Global Mariner, which is actually a front company that was created by the government for some uh, Pacific uh, Pacific Ocean nonsense that they were doing, that the that there were, uh, um, I believe, news sources back in the day were trying to get information on, and they were trying to find a polite way of telling them that they couldn't have that information, and the Glomar defense was how they worked their way around that. Forgive me. I currently have my jaw dropped onto the floor. I will pick that up as soon as I am stopped feeling... Um, well, don't choke on your, your brew in the process, because I'm not cleaning that up when you uh, spill it on the floor. I don't have enough gin for this. <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot of that stuff is pretty funny. And, and this, like I said, the, the funny thing with a lot of that is, is it's uh, when you go going back to the concept of conspiracy, like you can understand why basic mundane things can spiral off into it because the human imagination is boundless. So if you leave someone bored for too, if you leave someone bored for long enough, they're going to, their brain's going to spin whatever random idea they want. Is that what we might be potentially be seeing given the circumstances in the past two years to a point, but I think that a lot of that is, idle hands people sitting on people sitting in their houses not doing anything has given them hyper focus to everything that's happening around them fair enough i mean the i mean the stuff was already in place for a lot of a lot of the the uh more mundane to spiral off into the fantastic but moreover it's made people a lot more aware of the mundane that's actually going on that's pretty you know pretty brazen as well like the like the nonsense that went on with the uh, the the relief bill that had happened um, 
earlier in the year with all the weird riders and pork uh, that was attached to it that everybody and their mother could read because it was on there. And I think a lot of the, the government just assumed that nobody was paying attention. But, you know, if nobody's working, all they could do is pay attention. And they, if you ask me, that was a really sloppy move of them to do such a thing. As if though they didn't have over 30 million people watching their every freaking move while they're out of a job. Yep. And that honestly is one of the main reasons why that kind of stuff occurs. Now, as far as the alien thing is concerned, that one's always been a pretty meat and potatoes conspiracy for a long time. And it wasn't until recent history that the government has kind of just been like, yeah, that kind of stuff exists. And they didn't say aliens exist. They say that 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 uh, unexplained objects were they confirmed that those things existed. Now, there was also a I can't remember what his station was in the Israeli government. I think he was the uh, the head of the aeronautics and space program for Israel. He had come out and absolutely confirmed that there was aliens and there was a whole federation and nonsense like that. But most of the people I talk to think that that was Trump trumped up information he was giving because he was he said that the person I talked to, which was Phil, by the way, one of the other patrons, he said that he thought that he was doing this because he was trying to publish. He was trying to publish a book and was trying to get press for the book. But if you're a government agent, even a former one, wouldn't it be dumb of you to do that kind of stuff and not expect some kind of retribution from your government for doing that kind of stuff? If you were just going for a book, this seems like something that somebody would actively confirm, even at the threat of their own demise. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being looking into it too much. You know, the, the core of conspiracy. I think that would only be the case if the government feels that the populace will will sudden will, will have a great interest in the prospect, and if they don't seem to be generally interested, they're not really going to care. It's how it's how you mentioned before that usually uh, declassified art, um, projects are usually done so in a point where the population is not going to care very much about the reveal. It's true. But the problem with it is, is with, with so alien stuff, that's done. always been a thing and that hasn't stopped being a thing. I mean, more points. So, but that's only, but it isn't really something that people are, you know, jumping, jumping into obsessions for. The only thing we, the, the only thing people have shown any interest when it comes to aliens is more due to popular culture in how we portray aliens in our in our media from comics to to movies to tv we we're no longer looking at them as you know as potentially potentially dangerous threats we're now even looking at them as well if we look at things like mass effect uh, you know, companions, potential lovers. I mean, apparently, at least in the eyes of of pop culture, we're very open to the idea of aliens at this point. I think that has to do more with the fact that our focus has shifted, and maybe that's what you were trying to get at. We're shifted more to concerns of AI lately, because AI is becoming much more of a reality, at least as far as our 
current technology is concerned, we're not anywhere at the point where, where uh, self-awareness has kicked in, but we definitely have AI as a thing that, that operates within the infrastructure of our society and our technology. So I think the concern has been much more with something that's much more tangible and AI is much more tangible than the ephemeralness of the of aliens as a as a creature. Maybe that's the point you're trying to make that they could drop that information mundanely without worrying about people going, "It's true, it's true." Run in the streets and burn it all. True, but that also has to come with the fact that we interact with technology far more than we do with aliens. At least as that far is as correct. we know. Technology is much more of a much more in the now and very much more present in you know our everyday lives than you know uh, uh, the grays as it were. So I definitely give you that much. And popular culture has always played a major role in it. If you look at a lot of the things that even the first uh, Men in Black movie talked about, we're talking about popular culture, anyways. I mean, the or what was it? The Orson Welles uh, radio broadcast of uh, War of the Worlds that ended up freaking out an entire populace for a great deal of time. Oh yes, I kind of wish I was there during that moment in time, just because I would love to have seen just how the populace reacted. I can only read the stories and how a simple radio play freaked out the entire country for three hours well i mean if you didn't pay attention to the front side and know that it was a radio broadcast and you were just tuning into orson wells talking very descriptively of you know a saucer opening up and coming out of it you know things coming out of it there absolutely is every reason for you as a uh, very uninformed you know nine to five worker in, in that time frame freaking the hell out and going off and doing something dramatic. Oh, well, at the very least, you know, barring the so barring the social discourse, at least we have found something relatively positive to conspiracy theories. You can have fun with the people who don't know yeah, any better. That is definitely a thing that it occurred. But it's uh, it is what it is. And a lot of the things, like, even with the Men in Black concept, like, that in itself is very much a conspiracy theory that has lent itself to to, to great great storytelling potential. But, like, even looking at the, you know, the, 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 the structure and the bones of what that actually entails, it makes perfect sense why that kind of stuff would occur if it did occur. It's like, you can't, you can trust any individual person to be understanding and open but when you start adding numbers to that one person, things become very, very clouded by emotion and primal fear that it's very difficult for you to make them rationalize in any meaningful way that whatever is occurring is not to their detriment without a gun pointed to their head. And you just can't do that on the level necessary to be able to get an entire populace to be very comfortable with something quickly. I mean, look at look at fucking uh, pardon my French again. Look at uh, um, gay marriage and the concept of you know alternate lifestyles like that. Those aren't even conspiracy theories. And how long did it take for those things to become relatively normal? Hell, there are people who think that they still haven't been fully normalized. I mean, if you go into the more, I mean, if you go in, 
it, there are certain aspects of the world that will tell you that it's definitely not normal. But we don't associate ourselves with those. Parts well, no, the they're also in second and third world countries where there usually is some form of uh, high, uh, upper religious management that tends to overshadow rational thinking in most cases. So uh, trust me, I, I would I wouldn't give them any credence in that regard. But it's something that is still a very present thing that exists that anyone in the first world countries who you know, like to, you know, puff their chest about being open-minded certainly aren't making any inroads to trying to fix those areas in any meaningful way. They just tend to complain about things that they have more control over rather than, you know, the countries that throw gay people off of buildings to their death. But, uh, we won't, we won't press hard on that. Well, unfortunately, this, well, unfortunately we can't even argue that it's even solely religious. That's not religious. Uh, uh, con- uh, influence on it because if we consider if we consider countries like China in which are actually atheistic nations and still have very strong homophobic uh, opinions or I should or you know hatred or whatever or maybe that's a bit redundant but you know it's it's cool it's quite apparent from them to much to the point where people there still try to hide their identities there in fear of government retaliation. Well, I mean, then you're getting down the, the rabbit hole of what's happening with the Uyghur Muslims there, what had happened to the Tibetan monks. Uh, I believe there was a... Oh, yes. Actually, I've, I've heard, I, I think I read a report that stated that uh, they used... COVID deaths to explain the deaths of that particular area. Yep. Add that to the conspiracy. Yes, conspiracy. Pile. Very much conspiracy. Very alleged such wow. <laughs> but oh. when it comes to those kind of particular situations, uh, especially with China as an atheistic country, uh, a lot of their policies tend to be things that are very much trial and error on a very cultural scale. I mean, look at the one child policy that they had to roll back what in 2015, because they've literally outbalanced their fucking population. So the point where they, where they have like, what is it like guys, like an 84, an 80, 20 split on males and females now, because they kept killing off all their females. Yep. Way to overcorrect it. It's not a matter of that. It's just a matter of the fact that with overpopulation and everything, they were trying to rein it in and just didn't, you know, turn the valve off early enough because, you know, nobody's paying attention. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, now they have an entire entire country full of testosterone that has to do something with their time. Good luck with that. And that one isn't even a conspiracy. That's just plain, you know, plain, flat-out gullibility and stupidity taken to a governmental level. True. If there's any, if there's anything that the government is perfectly capable of, it's turning the dial up to eleven when it comes to literally anything they do. Very much so. So. So if you know they screw up, it's only yeah. going to be royally. 
it's kind of interesting too when when it comes to conspiracy theories um the entertainment value there is pretty vast and if you look at it from an entertainment perspective only you definitely get much more intrinsic value out of a lot of it than you would just you looking at it as plain hard information as long as you can be aware of the tongue-in-cheek scenario yeah that is actually a fair point why that is a fair point why do we find conspiracy theories entertaining more than more than simply applying it on a general uh, information because Occam's gathering Razor basis. is boring, and we live in a That's boring, cool. mundane world sometimes. And if you know what Occam's Razor is, I can't, I, I, I can't, I can help, I can't help you on that one. Do you know what it is? Fair enough. The, the simplest no. solutions are often the <laughs> correct ones. That's the problem oh, with conspiracy okay. theories is they're very convoluted in the face of what could end up being a very simple answer. It's the old Keep don't simple, overthink stupid. things. It's very straightforward. But when it comes to a lot of things, the moving parts or <laughs> when you focus too much on the moving parts and it starts to become a picture in your head, it's very little. There's very little to dissuade somebody once they've got an idea in their head that there's something that isn't much more nefarious going on on the surface level. Sometimes the domino effect just lays out in a way that just seems very, very interconnected, but ends up being very standalone complex in the face of something that's much more banal. I can't argue with that logic. Well, it, it's it, when you listen to enough podcasts talking about that kind of stuff, you start to realize that information and entertainment, the parallels are much more engrossing than the inter than the than the intersections and i mean you're talking to someone who lived in nevada during the time when art bell who was a very famous uh alien conspiracy theorist had his uh, radio show out in uh Pahrump called coast to coast it was an amazing show and i loved the things he was talking about and honestly one of the more entertaining aspects is he ended up dying under mysterious uh circumstances just to add to the you know, the, the flair of his reputation. His re- okay. His recordings still That's... exist. You can find them online and they're still pretty interesting listens. If you don't mind, you know, falling into that crevice for a bit. Yeah. I'll probably will have to call you later up. If I ever do listen to them and be like, Oh my God. <laughs> And then you'll just have to be like, look, I'm not driving all the way over to your place just to snap you out of it. So just grab yourself a crowbar, smack yourself. Well, in I mean, the face, if you want to stick to the theme of, of our show, take a take a straight shot of vodka and move on. <laughs> yeah, that's also fair enough. Oh, but I think I might need something a little stronger than just straight up vodka. Maybe I need that. Maybe I need that concoction that my buddy Will did, where he did like. Uh, like five different drinks put into one, and it w- it came up to like ninety percent alcohol. I don't even know how you can drink such a thing, but apparently we're gonna do it if we we're we're gonna do it right here on the tiki bar. If well, the only weird concoctions the I've ever heard of was one I tried with uh, a a friend of ours called the Four Horsemen, and then there was another one that I heard of called Control Alt Delete, which is supposed to be a relatively potent. Uh, concoction as well i don't know if it's either of those but knowing our knowing our friend will it might have been something completely different 
<laughs> Fair enough. He did it at a he did it at a Halloween party. Ah, uh, well, there you go. Back. But yeah, like the, the, a lot of those things, like there's a reason that people like uh, th- that uh, shows like Infowars ends up having such a rabid following. And if you end up taking Alex Jones out of that habitat and putting him in a controlled environment where there are people who actually proof him and do a lot of fact checking on what he talks about, he's got a large he's got a higher margin of of uh, uh, correctness than one would give him credit for when you scrape away a lot of the uh, rhetoric that he uses. Yeah. Fair enough. I guess I guess that's why general media tends to be very. What would what, what would be the right word? I didn't want to say whimsical because they certainly aren't. I, dramatic would be the word with their reporting, albeit in a most unflattering light. Well, I mean that that goes without saying for any. Um, any news outlet, if you look at a lot of the, um, the the spin, I guess is what you the word you're looking for. A lot of the spin that they put on their coverage depends on well their political the political biases of the company itself, and a lot of the uh, um, a lot of the underlying subterfuge that's happening in the background. Those are the definitely the factors you have to put into account when you're looking at any situation involving media as it is. It's one of the reasons why it's usually good to listen to multiple outlets of news when you're listening to things because you're going to get so many different perspectives on it. And when you're using the the methodology that I use in a lot of cases, between one story and another story tends to be the truth. So you can usually piece together what what has occurred in any given situation, unless it's something relatively mundane, and get a general idea of what that has occurred without the spin and the bias and a lot of that double speak that happens in, in new in news coverage as it is. So that is, that's just more with just being more discerning when you're dealing with that kind of stuff. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But I mean, it, as I said before, with conspiracy theories as it is, it's it literally it's 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 the eye of the beholder in a lot of cases. It just depends on what you glean from it that ends up being the ultimate arbiter of what you end up perceiving that as it is. And in a lot of cases, if you just go in in a general with a general sense that anything's possible, and just leave it at that without you know letting yourself get dragged in one direction or another. You tend to keep a pretty discerning eye when it comes to any bit of information that's being presented to you. Because trust me, you have to get to that point because you can always be dragged along by your own biases. And that's usually the way most media works is they tend to play on your preconceived notions to make it so that you come around to their side of thinking because they are catering to your specific uh, thought process or a group's thought process as it is. Huh. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. The Yeah. 
Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. It's all about it's it's not about simply trying to convince someone of your of your argument, but rather appeal to their particular uh, thought processes and and logic to get them to 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 get them to see your argument. It's the power Fair of confirmation enough. bias. It's one of the things that most company that most uh, news companies really function on, be it internet or paper or TV. It's how they tend to, you know, acquire their audiences. They find out what they find that uh, that common thread that people think in the way that they rationalize things, and they just keep poking at it, getting getting results out of it. Fair enough. I think we've come around pretty decently with this. I think we've got gathered all the information that uh, one would want to gather on this. I agree. I think it was a very helpful discussion. And without going insane from all these uh, ideas, I think it's about time we sober up just a little bit. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us in this wonderful session uh we hope to hear from you again hope to see us for our next episode grab a drink keep it ready for you and we we look forward to seeing you again thank you for listening in to the captain mediocre's haunted tiki bar we are humbled that you have given us your time to listen to us discuss things if you would like to hear more from us, you'd like to see more from us, uh, I have personally a account on Twitter under the name of Ragnarok Knight. My co-host here also has an account on Twitter as well. He goes under the name of Punk Toast. We also have a Facebook page under the name of Captain Mediocre's Haunted Tiki Bar if you would like to uh, check that out for updates on when we have our sessions. We also have our voicemail link in the show notes. We will be having voicemails read during the course of our records going forward, as long as there are voicemails to be, re- to be listened to. Um, any further inquiries on that, uh, do feel free to PM either of us on Twitter or you can go through the actual Facebook page to ask us any queries as well. Thank you so much to all of you. Safe travels to you all. Cast off, friends. <laughs>